Matter of Fat, a body-positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. I'm Kat Palavota, a local fat feminist here for your plus-size fits, small business tips, and voting more women of color into office. Yes. Yes. I'm joined by my co-host, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm fat and happy and can't believe it's winter. I've lived here basically my entire life, and yet every year I'm like that white guy blinking me. Just blink. It's my favorite gift. Blink. <laughs> blink. We're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat bodies here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest. Welcome to the seventh installment of Matter of Fat. We've been doing this since July, and I do not mean to alarm you, but this is the penultimate episode, everybody. That's right. This is the second to last fat dish. The fat dish is like... A chili cook-off, chili cook-off, chili cook-off. That's what it's like with like crock pots. It's hearty. There's probably some venison. I'm putting cheese on top. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. (laughs) The fat dish is like that. But instead of venison and crock pots, we talk about all things rad and hearty happening in our fat Midwestern lives. Something that has been particularly sustaining for me has been civic engagement. Ooh, tell us more about that. First, I was so enthralled to hear that our country broke a record for the largest voter turnout in a midterm election ever in history. That's amazing. So more of this, please. I really hope to and intend to keep this momentum going forward from this point on. I hope other people do that. Yeah. I was also super excited to see a lot of young folks participating in election support. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but I... I volunteer with an organization called Achieve Minneapolis. So once every other week, I go into a high school and work with a group of ninth graders to work on like self-advocacy, goal setting, some other soft skills. It's really awesome. But I was talking to another grad coach who is actually an election judge. And he said that around 300 people below the voting age were actually able to volunteer in some capacity. That's so cool. These kids, sorry, that's so diminutive. Um, These folks are out there. They have no ability to cast their vote, and yet they're supporting this and are probably way more informed than I was at their age. So That's awesome. I think that's really cool. I will make sure to link information in case you're interested in being an election judge or helping out in the next round of elections that come up. Very cool. Mm -hmm. But, um, Kat, what's up with you? Oh, man. November has been popping. Um, oh, so I was in the news. Ooh. They're like on the news. Um, they asked me to comment on something body positive, And naturally, I had a lot to share. Uh, some maybe more sassy stuff than not. What? Sassy. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, it honestly felt like the TV version of Dirt and Discourse. Oh. And I loved it. <laughs> um, I also had the opportunity to speak at Minnesota State University Mankato the other week about business and body positivity. And that was really cool. Cool. Oh, the Mavericks. What? The Mavericks. Girl, I don't know. Stop for the Mavericks. Just oh. keep going. Just purple go. purple and yellow. Purple. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, mid-month, I went to visit my parents in Wisconsin, where they both live now, but like separately, two hours separately. So I did a lot of driving. Okay. And let me tell you. I don't know how it happened already, but that state just feels lighter and brighter and safer and better now, knowing that Scott Walker has been voted out. I just, it's like... It just feels easier, breezier, beautiful. It was great. Mm, you know what makes me feel better? What? Knowing that we get to celebrate our first season of Matter of Fact. Yes, me too. Y'all, we are hosting an event next week. Celebrate with us at Spaces North Loop on Wednesday. Oh, sh- <laughs> she's trying to add it in. I don't know if you caught this last episode, but like we went fourth. fourth. We had to edit something in. I feel like she just wants that to happen every time. I'm like now. very worried. I'm going to mess up the date. So it's... <laughs> So we're hosting an event next week. Celebrate with us at Spaces North Loop on Tuesday, December 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. We've got mixing and mingling with Matter of Fat listeners and guests. We've got season highlights and a snippet from our season finale. We have an opportunity to hear pod feedback from y'all. And in the true spirit of a Midwest get-together, we've got bars. Bars. (laughs) Plus, both of our moms will be there. (laughs) Mamas. You're welcome to join from 6 to 8 p.m., but at 6.30, we'll have a brief listen to some exclusive content. Thank you to Spaces North Loop for graciously providing the space to host this. Uh, Spaces is located at 121 North Washington Avenue in Minneapolis. Yeah, RSVP in our Facebook event so that we know how many bars we'll need to bring. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's cold and dark when you wake up and dark and cold when you get oh, home. Yeah. But 
why not brave the cold for a little warmth and camaraderie in bars with us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this event will be hot and hearty with robust oh. flavor, just like a bowl full of delicious chili. No. And I, Saray is much better at this than I am, <laughs> but I'm really liking my little <laughs> chili confident. metaphor. We're just like, we're going with I'll it. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I guess this is a bit of a reach, but it is absolutely sizzling, like the hot <laughs> takes from this week's yes. guest. <laughs> Matter of fact. This week, we had a lovely chat with friend of the pod and fellow fat feminist, Andrea Sano. So I've known Andrea for a few years now, but I've never had a full, like, get-to-know-you conversation. So this was an absolute delight, and I hope that's that way for everybody listening, too. Yeah. We check in about an awakening to fat liberation through academia, insight into the nonprofit world, support networks and thin allies, and her favorite media recommendations. Andrea, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Um, thank you so much for having me. We're so excited for this conversation. Mm-hmm. I will try not to giggle my way through it. Well, you I'll, can giggle a little bit. We love to giggle. We're pro-giggle. Okay, good. Pro-giggle. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. <laughs> so, of course, we want to ask you what we ask everyone. Uh, tell us your story as a matter of fat. This is a hard one. Um, yeah, this is a hard one. I thought about it. Um, I, there's like a lot of entry points, right? So, my name is Andrea Sano. <laughs> I am the 31. Basics. I'm the basics. Here are the basics. I'm Andrea Sano. I'm 31. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm white, I'm queer, and I think I'm super fat. I, this is like a term that gets used a lot in online communities, and so I'm looking at Kat right now, and no one can see me, but I think I'd be considered super fat, right? Yeah, yeah I think that's, if that's how you identify, I think, based on like those kind of differentiators. Yeah. Yeah, I like this is like a term I see used online, and I'm like, yeah, it's probably me. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good. I think good. <laughs> one of the ways people kind of define it is like if you wear, if you like are above a size 28 or like can't definitely shop at like Lane Bryant or places yeah. that only go up to that size. So I like flirt with super fatness. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. I think that's, that's what of, I think. Yeah. I, I really yeah. like how you phrase that. Cause I'm like, that's like right where I fall. I can find some stuff at Lane Bryant, but I wouldn't never buy a pair of pants there unless mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. very stretchy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I have been listening to your other interviews because I feel like well, I'm in conversation with you, but maybe your other guests. And I was thinking about when I first experienced fat phobia and I can't remember first experiencing it because I think it's always been a thing in my life mm. boohoo um which is a serious boohoo but also at this point like boohoo um so <laughs> um I also brought my MFA thesis that I called fathood with me just oh my, God, like my companion oh. yeah it's about we're gonna need a you photo have of to that for a visual note everybody yeah, it's like, embossed. beautiful so it says it's fathood lovely. a memoir and I don't know if it'll always be called that but because I'm revising it right now so like this is something I've thought a lot about like literally like my yeah. whole like my whole thesis project for my MFA program and creative writing was about that. So um, I was pathologized when I was super young, probably around nine. Um, This doctor was like, hey, I think you're going to die by the time you're 30 if you don't lose weight. And I was like, that's weird. Like, What does dying mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in my life have died. So of course, like I got it. But also like that's a kind of a scary thing to tell a kid. Yeah. So I think that informed a lot of who I am um I like lived in fear a lot of the time but I also like had a family that was half fat my dad's family is really fat um probably if they ever hello everyone (laughs) you guys are fat I don't know if you knew um some of them not all of them but I think that that like really set the tone for like the rest of like the next however many years and I was also very like Christian growing up which is a different Mm. story and so I had it like next to this like idea of like God made you and like God loves you and like you're awesome just the way you are, but also you're fat and you should change. So it was like this like, which I think kind of like saved me in a way, right? Like Ah. we're like, I like am the first person to be like, wow, Christianity probably pretty problematic, huh? But also (laughs) like shout out to them for being like, hey, like you're created in God's image. And I was like, well, she's pretty cool. And (laughs) um, yeah, and I like her and I think that's good. And so I, I think that was like something that came up when I was thinking about this question. I was like, I think that that was, must have played like a larger role that I haven't really investigated, but I wanted to mention it because, yeah, yeah anyway, Christianity does other things. So anyway, <laughs> um, but I truly think like my gift in this world is like making friends and making people feel comfortable. And so I think that I had like a lot of really good friends and like that's like kind of what made growing up fat in like a thin world primarily um, livable in yeah. a way. Um, and so like on like a actual level and by actual, I mean, not personal, <laughs> um, I was introduced to like fat liberation in college. Um, I went to the national association of women's studies conference in like 2009 and I met Esther Rothblum 
and Joyce Huff. And these are all people who put out the Fat Studies Reader. Mm -hmm. And I went to their panel. I was like sitting in a room with them and they were like, I'm fat and that's okay. And I was like, no, what? (laughs) I was like, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, do you want to say more about that? Because like previous to that, I like had been brought to, I think by my parents, maybe on my own accord, like a weight loss clinic, Mm -hmm. which is like trigger warning, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, like brought to the U of M and met this woman and like she was a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. quotes, um, and she wanted me to eat like a very strict diet which was like anorexic and Mm -hmm. like I realized like oh they're prepping me for lap band surgery which I like realized now but then I like didn't get it I was like oh like they just want me to be healthy and health is thin right that's like what I believed which is not what I believe now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so that was really scary because I also had friends who this is all over the place (laughs) no it's okay but I also had friends who had like eating disorders and like were like wasting away in front of me which is like maybe a problematic thing to say but they really were it was really scary and I was like, they're being praised for like, or like, I'm being praised for doing this. And like, we're all worried about my friend. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is a trip. Same behavior almost, yeah, yeah. It was like mm-hmm. the same. And so I was like, this is problematic. And then I went to this conference and met these women who were like, hey, like, this is something that happens all the time. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, like, this all makes oh, sense. This all yeah. makes sense. Like, it all kind of clicked into place. I had this really great mentor, um, Jessica Nathanson, who has since died. Rest in peace. She's amazing. Um, and she was like, I knew you were ready for this. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I want you to write your thesis about this. Like, I want you to read all these books. So I read like fat. So question mark, Marilyn mm-hmm, Wan, mm-hmm. right. And like, um, Sandra Solovey, how do you say it? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Um, she's one of the editors of the fat studies reader with yes. Esther Rothblum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like later, right. Like Lindy West and yeah. this body is not an apology, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. So that's like sort of where it all begins, right? Like kind of in an academic sense. And mm-hmm. I come to like embrace it. And I think I like have like, that's like my coming out story, right? I literally worked for my school newspaper and wrote like a op-ed feature story about myself yeah. at Augsburg, Augsburg University, shout out down the street from where we're recording. Um, and I like wrote a little thing about being fat like I was like hey I'm fat um I'm not gonna unzip my body and a thin person isn't gonna step out um it's okay to be fat um like fatness doesn't mean that you're unhealthy like bite me if that's what you think (laughs) and like all these like professors like came up to me and they were like you're so awesome like you did an awesome thing and I was like what did I do you know what I mean and I didn't like it didn't like occur to me that it was like so so radical And I, like, kind of, like, I did have, like, this big panic, like, attack. Mm -hmm. Like, I called my parents. Like, they brought me to, like, a doctor to, like, get me on meds. Like, I have an adjustment disorder. So Mm -hmm. I was, like, this whole, like, the shift was happening in my world. And I think, like, that is, like, 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 when it all became a thing in my life. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was going to be this person who, like, I've always been, question mark, like, I'm worth it, right? You know? Mm -hmm. And so even though people were, like, you should change, you should change, you should change. I was like, mm, you should. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think no, it's you. you. Yeah, I was like, mm, I think it's you. I don't know, man. Like, I feel pretty good about myself. Like, you're wrong. You're yeah. wrong. Like, I'm allowed to take up space. And, like, and I think I get a lot of that from my mom. She's, like, really, like, kind of pushy. And so I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, like, I deserve this. Like, I deserve respect. Like, I deserve space. Yeah. And then I, when I finally had, like, the language for it, right? So, like, these women in academia, like, made fat a feminist issue. And that to me, I was like, yes, like I understand intersectionality and this is at, this is at the intersection. Like it's at the table and amen, like I'm with you. So that's my matter of fact. It's all over the place. I'm like, I write in a nonlinear fashion. So that's how I tell stories as well. I like when, as I've gotten older, I've like found the language to say what I was feeling for most of the time all along. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a little bit like that for you too. And yeah. I don't think that's the case for a lot of people with fat stuff. It's like, no. oh, and then this happened. And then I realized this stuff. And like, that's really cool. But like, I never had like a moment. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, duh. Like yeah. we should like, you know. Right. Like yeah. I was like going to write about prison reform for my women's studies thesis. Mm. I saw Angela Davis speak at this conference. Cool. Oh my gosh. Right. And so I was like, oh, prison reform, which I still like, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like Let's abolish them. But like, also, I like my mentor was like, no, you're ready to talk about this. I think for like yourself, and that'll be really powerful for other people to experience. And so, so dope. Yeah, I was like, shout out to you for like 
being willing to shepherd me through that mess, <laughs> like mm-hmm. right? It was like a very emotional time too. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it was really powerful. I didn't realize like you have like a whole memoir about this. Yeah, I yeah, I started when I was younger, but I think the best of it is like the college and past years. So yeah, it talks a lot about grief and like bodies and like a lot of all these people like die around me, um, and then like I don't, and I'm like hmm. You know, like, yeah. what is that about? So I thought I was supposed to. And what are the, like, what's the next process or the next steps for the thesis? <clears throat> yeah, I am working on revising it right now. Okay. So I, like, printed it out in, like, a different form and bound, <laughs> bound it. And I did an unprinted copy so I could move all the pieces around and really dig into it and try to figure out, like, I think, like, there's, like, a lot of really good stuff in it. But it doesn't feel, like, totally whole at this point. And mm-hmm. so I want it to feel done. And mm-hmm. it doesn't feel done to me yet. How did you choose MFA in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what brought you to that? Yeah, I love writing. <laughs> I love the creative process, and I think that that is something, like, I never knew that, like, I was always just, like, telling stories and, like, reading to kind of, like, explain myself in the world around me. Um, but I've always been doing it. I've always been, like, interviewing my family to, like, I was, like, what is your favorite restaurant? And I was, like, is it Olive Garden? Yes. Excellent. I love Olive Garden, too. Next question. Like, really, I just wanted to, like, talk about myself. <laughs> so thank you really for having me. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think writing is, like, a really cool way to just, like, that's, like, how I've always thought about the world. I'm always, like, telling a story in my head. I love to, like, witness things for other people. Um, I, like, I've always been a big reader. I love reading. Like, mm. I just, like consume 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 and so I was like oh this just feels natural like it was like what I was good at and like what I I don't know I just like wanted to do it I wanted to have my MFA I wanted to like be able to be in a creative space I knew I have like a lot of stories to tell that aren't only about my body Mm -hmm. but that was like the Mm -hmm. first one that came easily and so yeah I think I have a really I don't know. I love writers. They're weirdos. And I'm like a weirdo. So just like, I was like, this makes sense. I like there. I like work in a world that is like nine to five. You know what I mean? But I think like part of me, like I always feel like this is going to sound like really wacky. I feel like it's like I feel at any moment I could just like not do it, like be like the artist, like and be messy. And I think that that's like the way that I have chosen to allow myself to take up space right is that I can like fill pages and pages and pages with my thoughts and like no one can stop me from doing that mm. and like no one can take it away and no one can tell me to shut up yeah like it's mine that's oh, amazing so, I love that yeah which is what I like why I like read more women you know what I mean they're <laughs> like mm-hmm. women identified people and people mm-hmm. of color I'm like you've never been allowed to take up space in this world so I will purchase like those little pages that you get to because there are volumes of books written by white men mm-hmm. and like that's not the story of this world like no Mm-hmm. So it's just part of it. Yeah, that's really cool. Like personally, you've obviously been able to extend that creativity and keep building that and mm-hmm. let it burgeon. But um, professionally, what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so for me, like I currently work in a nonprofit. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think also I do a lot of freelance work um, with uh, people who are applying for like fellowships and scholarships. Cool. Like I love to help people like tell their story like in a constraint to get them some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because like power and access, right? Like I think about all the time, yeah. <laughs> like I want to dismantle a system, but we still live in one. And so just like trying to give people opportunities um, to do that. And so professionally, I first worked at Augsburg when I got out of school and then I helped students with their like I did that work and now I still freelance with the same office there cool. um, for like fellowships scholarships graduate school um I did Lutheran volunteer corps which is like how I got into like the I mean colleges are usually nonprofits, but um or they can be mm-hmm. um and so I got into the nonprofit sector um through I did Lutheran volunteer corps um which is a program that is at the time was like associated with AmeriCorps. But in Lutheran Volunteer Corps, you live in community um, that is intentional. So you like live with other people who are in Lutheran Volunteer Corps. Mm-hmm. And I love my housemates. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like probably one of them will listen to this. Hi. <laughs> um, probably Matt um, or Caitlin, either way. Um, but yeah, they like that is like a place where I learned more about intersectionality. I learned like what it's like to like be really radical in your heart and mind, but then like have to work in a world that is still mm. like 
move in slower than you and yeah. like you know or like then like what the needs of the people are right or like the communities you're partnering with or working with and so I worked in housing in San Francisco um it was like a lot of people's first homes um or I worked in a HOPWA program which is housing opportunity for people with AIDS and it was a transition from prison into um like their first house or like their first um like an SRO unit um Mm -hmm. before they could find work and get back on their feet hopefully um but focus on harm reduction reduction there and so yeah it was like the first time that I'd like worked in a world like that and I know like mental health training like uh, yeah I did activities with folks there and so I did like a creative writing um group at my one of my housing sites and like expression because some people didn't know how to read or write or Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't speak English. And so I was like, you can just come and draw. We'll just have like a reading quotes at the end. Right. And so you can come and show your work or just talk about what you did in the class and invite your friends and family. And so just like giving people a space and a platform to tell their stories. And I'd love to do more of that, more of that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about nonprofits because you've worked a bit with nonprofits, like you mentioned. Uh, and we're interested to know, do you feel like there are nonprofits out here locally who are really doing the work, especially related to fat liberation and intersectionality and all of that? Yes, I do. Tell us more. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us more. Yes, next question. Thank you. No. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. I listen to it all day. It's great. Um, so, uh, yeah, I feel like I told you my background, but so I'll... I'll I don't have to repeat that. <laughs> um, but uh, so there's like two things I know about nonprofits. Like one, I think that they're like committed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but two, slow to change. And I yeah. think I kind of talked about that. And so um, what's been really exciting for me is that I worked for a few local nonprofits and I've learned so much about how to exist in that space of here's what we need as like a community and here's how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Uh-huh. And so just like being strategic and thoughtful and um, learning how to like focus your energy and get like the right people at the table. Um, I feel super hashtag blessed um, (laughs) to have been asked by Annie Jansen, who is a like local fatty who I love. Um, And you guys know Annie. Yeah, we sure do, she's awesome. (laughs) Um, And she started the Radical Health Alliance. I'm on the board, I'm the vice chair, I think of the board. We did votes, Um, it's a small board and we're just like getting set up. Um, we have the Minnesota designation, and we need to get the federal one for nonprofit status. This is, like, in the weeds for the nonprofit nerds listening. I know there's, <laughs> like, probably some of you out there. <laughs> I hope. Um, and so I'm going to read our, our mission vision statement. Um, it. So it's going to sound like I'm reading because I'm going to. <laughs> um, so the Radical Health Alliance's mission is uh, to champion the multidimensional and weight-inclusive health of fat people in Minnesota. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate weight bias, increase access to health services, and protect people from weight discrimination. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and that aligns a lot with, we in our last episode, we talked a little bit about health at every size, Mm -hmm. and the tenets of health at every size, I just hear, like, direct relation Mm -hmm. to lots of those things within that mission, which is really cool. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's the best. (laughs) Um, And so... Yeah, like right now, like I feel really honored to be a part of it. And so I'm sort of like a fangirl of like the thing that I'm doing, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, I'm like, we're doing it. Um, And what feels really good about it, and this isn't to like hate on fat spaces, like at any means, but like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times I come together with like other fat people and we're like, ugh like the price of milk you know what I mean which is like my metaphor for like sorry like my parents I feel like in my childhood would always be like oh milk is so expensive so it's like the thing to complain about so like I get together there for people who are like oh chairs am I right or like oh man like airplanes and I'm like so it's like this like it's like 201 right like it's like women's studies fat studies 201 mm-hmm. where we're like let's do this like let's yeah. like tear it apart like, let's take up space and, like, let's get some work done. And so that's what's really exciting about it. And which is not to say that I will ever stop complaining about chairs. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. <laughs> Why are they the way they are? So what we're working on right now, as I said, is, like, we have the board we have the board together. There's three of us plus Annie who's on our board with us. Um, and she's teaching yoga classes, which are for, like, larger bodies. But anyone, I think, is welcome. But fat bodies get priority. I think it's just for fat bodies. Okay. It's just for fat bodies. And, Sorry, sorry and I have been to some of them. Yeah. Really Namaste. Namaste. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then we also do, um, and that brings us like a lot of like stability, right? Because those are we're making money on those, and I like that a lot. And so that means that we can bring in projects like Fatitude, like the screening for Fatitude, yeah. and 
things like that. And so we got on our feet from Propel Nonprofits. Um, they provided us a lot of technical assistance when we started, and they're incredible. And I work with them also in like a professional capacity. They're a sister organization from where I work, and I love them. Propel is amazing and fun. Awesome. And then um, Yoga Quest, which I don't think is a nonprofit, but they have been like an excellent partner um, with us for letting us rent the space really cheap and have yoga classes there. Just like a safe space that is super open to feedback and having fat bodies in it. And I think that that is like a special thing when that can be, when that can happen, when that can be, period. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then there are national nonprofits. So if you want to like get your pens out and listen up, <laughs> um, there's ASDA, which is the Association for Size and Health Diversity, NAFA. You guys probably know all these. Yeah, but the listeners, um, tell them. Yeah, <laughs> tell the people. So I wrote them all down. <laughs> the, the, the National <laughs> Association to Advance Fat People, which is NAFA. And then there's No Lose, which is like all caps. It's my favorite. Um, and theirs is, I love this. So if you Google No Lose, it's, it's a vibrant community of fat queers and our allies seeking to end the oppression of fat people, exclamation. And I can't remember remember if I ended or if I added the exclamation point or if they <laughs> did. Was part of it. Yeah, but I really like that. Um, and then the body is not an apology. And then Beta just announced their merger with NIDA. So oh, Binge yeah. Eating Disorder Association is merging with National Eating Disorders Association. And I think that's great. So those are like the the main ones that are those are not necessarily local, but they are doing the work of like centering fat people and like all the intersections of their identities. So thank you for telling us about your work with Radical Health Alliance and mentioning those others. I think that's really, yeah, while uh, I'm familiar with most of those, I think that lots of people paying attention maybe don't know about all of them. And so thanks for taking the time to list them out for us so we can go yes, research absolutely. and learn more. Yeah, especially since, I mean, we have Midwest sensibilities here. Yeah. Matter of fact, <laughs> truly but we do oh, focus yeah. on the Twin Cities. So at least mm-hmm. this is a way if like you're outside of the Twin Cities, you mm-hmm. can engage with this, like see who else is around ready to have that conversation and, you know, 2.0 style, do the work yeah. Yeah. or learn more about it too. So. Oh, and I should mention, um, you should take yoga classes if that's your thing with Annie. Um, but she also does uh, fat girls hiking and you don't yeah. have to be just fat or a girl to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can that's just the come. one for everyone. That's the one for yep. everyone. <laughs> Annie's going to be like, Andrea, you're my board. You should know what I do. So when you mentioned the mission statement for Mm -hmm. Radical Health Alliance, it is very comprehensive. That's a lot of work to do. So who's in your support network? Who's helping you be able to do that work? Um, I my number one answer is my partner, Brett. Um, He is amazing, very patient, will listen to me. I'm an extrovert. I process aloud, but I recharge alone. Um, Mm. So maybe I'm an extroverted introvert or the opposite. Who even knows? Hybrid. Hybrid. I'm so complex. <laughs> um, but he um, he has, like, also, when I met him, he was, like, not interested in, like, saying the word fat. Um, like, he was like, I would never call someone fat because he'd always learned it, right, to be bad, which mm-hmm. is, like, what we all know. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I called him fat, and he was like, you could not call me that. And I was like, relax, you are, bud. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, yeah, that's, like, my voice when I talk to Brett. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, kind of old-timey? I don't know. But, yeah, so he, like, really, like shows up for me in a lot of ways is like very patient with me and like when I like feel like in a dark place which I think if you're a fat person or if you have an identity that is not um like in a place of like the ultimate privilege right (laughs) um which can look I think like a lot of different ways but specifically we know what they are anyway (laughs) never mind (laughs) um but like he I, I can say to him like I'm having a bad day and that's like all I really have to say and he is like oh yeah like gotcha you know what I mean he's like well like you're really smart um you can take up as much space here as you need um I won't tease you about leaving your socks on the floor (laughs) like he'll just like let it ride you know (laughs) like he'll create a space that is like oh yeah you know and I think that we do that for each other um we try to work on communication a lot um this is now a relationship podcast um but I also have like a ton of um amazing friends like I met a lot of them in college and it feels like a little bit culty Um, (laughs) but they are um they're really cool and they just like show up for me a lot and I'm like in a I'm in a few group texts my friend Mina always jokes that every time she sees me she ends up in another group text like in a like a new one I'll be like oh we should make a group text about that and I'll like start a group text so I'm like like the gatherer the planner of my friends and I like love to have fun I had a a co-worker once who was like it was got to be fun when you started working here and I was like Oh, why, thank you. Um, And I was like, I hope also we got some work done here. Um, But yeah, no, so I think it's like I have this like amazing group of friends who 
do it right almost all the time, but not all the time. And I also have like, um, like a lot of like, I mean, you guys are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I met you through like mutual friends, but also mm-hmm. through like uh, cake. Uh, plus size resale shout out uh, <laughs> Thank you. and uh, online fat community yeah. I think like when I'm like oh my god like someone said something about chairs you guys are like yeah the chairs <laughs> so like that folks <laughs> yeah. in the community are like wouldn't it be nice if there were benches I was like yes I love benches <laughs> so stuff like that like I think that those are like the places I find it and like my family is very supportive they like don't quite they're not quite there, like, on the fat liberation stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'll, like, call my mom and I'll be like, I'm, like, never the kind of person who doesn't say what I'm thinking. So, which is a downfall at times. <laughs> but for the most part, um, I, like, come in and I'm like, here's what I think. Suck it. <laughs> like, next to, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, if, like that. And then sometimes, I, I mean, like, you play a game, right, where you don't always, like, feel safe doing that. Um, but, like, with my mom, I do, right, or my dad. And so I'll be like, oh, I'm on this board of this, like, Radical Health Alliance. And I'll, like, tell her. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, she's like, that sounds right up your alley. <laughs> and I'm like, sure Thank is, you. <laughs> yeah. And so, but then she'll, like, follow up, right? She'll be like, oh, like, that sounds interesting. What do you do? Like, what do you do there? Like, literally, like, what do you talk about? And mm-hmm. I'm so that I, like, very, like, we visit, which is what my mom always says, visiting. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, literally she wants to know, like, everything that happens. And so that is, like, actually really nice to, like, as, like, a catalog of, like, what did I do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, what do I need support for? And yeah. so, yeah. Cool. I think those are all the ways. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Thinking about support in your life, I know you have some thin allies in your world that seem to be showing up and doing things well. So I would love if we could hear a little bit about that and if you have any advice for folks who maybe aren't in larger bodies but are really trying to be down for the fight for fat liberation and here for us people living in larger bodies. Yeah, I have a bunch of feminist friends. Yeah. I would say like they're still – recently I was like, I don't know if I could be a feminist anymore, which is like I cannot believe, right? Like, But then I was like, no, I am. Like it's intersectional and like that's where my friends are too, right? So they understand that fatness like lies at that intersection like I was talking about before. And I think they kind of saw me go through this like coming out. A lot of, a lot of my friends I met in college mm-hmm. and then like the people I've met and kept close to me since then, if they're not down, like – they're gone. Like, I don't have time for it, you yeah. know? And so, like, I'm willing to do some of, like, the teaching in my friends, um, which is, like, something that a lot of people who have, a, like, oppressed identities, like, have to do a lot all the time. And so um, I only do it for my friends. I don't like to do it for people who aren't my friends. And so yeah. um, I don't want to, like, do it at work all the time. I mm-hmm. want people to, like, do that work themselves. And then with my friends, I'm also at a point now where I'm like, you can figure it out, you know. And I really liked uh, She's All Fat did a, um, which is a fat podcast that you guys know about. Yeah, and we love. Guys meeting Kat and You folks. Sorry, I'm working on my gender neutral language. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> But they, like, they just talked about thin, al- like, thin allies. I listened to it while I was getting a filling, and it was, like, <laughs> cracking me up. So I was like, ha, ha, ha. But, yeah, they, uh, they hit, like, that episode resonated with me because mm-hmm. they talked about, like, oh, so if you're a thin person, here's my advice. And you are, like, friends with a fat person. You kind of get it. Don't send them the articles about fat stuff that happens. They already know, like, which right. is like what they they're talk about. That, yeah. yeah, they're living it. And so I think that that is, I have a few friends who do that and they are like, they like get, they're like, oh yeah, like just because you're fat doesn't mean you're unhealthy. Like, oh, this chair isn't good. Like we go to a restaurant and they're like, we need a table. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah, a table. And I'm like, what she said, she's little, huh? Look at the table for her. Um, she likes the chairs. She probably likes the booth. Anyway, but like, but they are like, you know, they like get like those like types of things, but then sometimes they're like, oh, this fat thing happened. I'm really mad. You know, like someone was fat phobic and I'm pissed. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, you're fired up. And then they'll like send it to me and I'm like, oh, don't send it to me. I already saw it. Yeah. Or like I already read the article or like they're just like, for me, it's like, hey, you know, you could just be like, hey, I read this thing. What do you think about it? You know, like that's like a different way. And that to me is less like, I'm so mad about this, you know, like. I don't need to make you feel better. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's about them and their feelings. Yeah, right? exactly. So I'm like, get the hell out of here. You know, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and they're usually like really good about it. They'll like inform themselves. They'll like protect me from like, if their partners aren't there yet, they'll be like, 
that's a diet. You can't talk about that around Andrea. And like, you can talk about it with me and I can tell you why it sucks, but you can't talk about it. And I know that they're doing that Mm -hmm. even without, like, I just, I'm like, I got you. I know. I did like a eyes looky thing. Mm -hmm. You can't see me. (laughs) So I would say like my thin allies, like show up for me until they don't. And then I'm like, Hey, you did a bad thing. (laughs) Um, And like, they are fine about that because like, I think uh, they're my friends, but like, I am also an ally to some of my friends Mm -hmm. who are disabled or have mental illness or people of color and so we were always, like, trying to hold each other accountable because, like, we, like, remember who the real enemy is, <laughs> which is the patriarchy. <laughs> that, I mean, like, is simple, but, but that's a great way to pr- right. phrase it yeah. and to, to think about it. Yeah. yeah. I like so, that. I, like, I think that, like, you know, like, many of the, my friends are women and, like, we just all have, like, these intersecting identities. Yep. I'm really talking about intersectionality a lot tonight. Oh, yeah. it, um, it's a little important, sense, huh? yeah. you know? It's a common theme. Yeah. <laughs> Turns yeah. out yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that like because like I'm always learning to be an ally, like they're always learning to be allies and just like a little bit about grace and forgiveness. Mm. And so I know that like ultimately they're going to show up and do the things for me, right? Like I have a friend studying public health. Um, hi, Sarah. Mm. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah is our girl. <laughs> she is like um, really good about um, like she'll go shopping with me. There's something you can do with your friends. I had to go shopping with my thin friends all my life. And it was very boring. Yep. Fat women will talk about this forever. Fat people will talk about this forever. (laughs) It's boring to watch you all shop. Thin people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she'll like go shopping with me. She's been to cake before. She bought a scarf. She did. And I was like, oh, now you know how it feels. (laughs) The one accessory. Yeah. She's like, I'll just buy this scarf here. And I'm like, cool scarf. She was wearing it today. Shout out. I feel like I saw her recently on your story. And I was like, that's the scarf she got last season. She's eating a donut. What a cutie. (laughs) She's so cute. Um, but she like went um, to like a local business and she like told them like, hey, your chairs here are bad. Like you say you're feminist, but your chairs are bad. Nice. And I was like, I love you. Like, yes, good for yeah. you. Yes. So like that is like, you know, that's like pretty ballsy, if yeah. I may. Like that's also a gendered term. Watch out. Um, but she just did it. And I was like, you cracked me up. Right. And so that is, I mean, I think you asked like, oh, what can a thin person do? But yeah. that might be when mm-hmm. we go tell people that their chairs are bad. <laughs> It's but a good place to start. Yeah, that and she's in like the public health program at the U of M right now, um, and she's always calling out the obesity yes. studies, right? Yes. The O word, bum, mm-hmm. bum, bum. and she's like, no, no, <laughs> no. And nope. I also feel like she's like, um, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I'll try to make a shout out about like the lady who like writes in her journal people's names to like kill. Do yeah. you know what I'm talking I don't, about? I don't Aria. Aria, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's like her. She's like, you said this thing about obesity. <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to like, she's not like a murderous villain here. But she's like, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to bring it up later. <laughs> like, She's going to email him or something at the end of the semester and be like, um, now that grades are submitted, here's what I actually think. <laughs> so I love her. Yeah. That's what I'll say about my thin allies. That's great. I like them. And then sometimes I'm mad at them because they're my friends. And that's just how it goes, right? The friendship is complicated. Yeah. Everyone should communicate. <laughs> Another theme to this. Another yeah. communication. <laughs> communication. Talk to people. Yeah. Andrea, what media are you consuming and what recommendations do you have for us and our listeners? Everyone should watch Riverdale. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect that. Well, I don't think anyone was. I was like, intersectionality, <laughs> everyone watch Riverdale. <laughs> Is that on Netflix or the CW? Uh, it is on the CW. Yeah. It's on Netflix. You can watch it anytime. It's like a thousand years long. I started watching it, I think, like on a whim. I have like a friend who is like, so I'm 31 as discussed. Um, and I have a friend who's like in like their late 20s. And I was like, I would like to relate to the youths. Okay. <laughs> and she's like 27. <laughs> so she was like, like what? I have like years. friends who are actually yeah. like 27. But like she is, I met her through my favorite. Hi, Kathleen. Um, <laughs> and she is like so funny to me. And I'm like, oh, she watches Riverdale. I'm going to watch Riverdale. <laughs> and so um, my friend Justin and, and I, now that we are neighbors, we watch Riverdale and we call it Riverdale and Rosé. I love it. Oh, well, that sounds awesome. And it's just like, there's hot dads in it. Um, Mm -hmm. The teenagers are like in their 20s, so you don't feel like a creep there. Um, And then... Good looking out. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't know, it's just like really fun. It's like so stupid. Sometimes I'm like, why are these adults like meddling in these high schoolers' lives? But it is just like so dramatic. It's so cheesy. It embarrasses me. I feel embarrassed when I watch it. But I just like, it's, it's garbage. I love it. It's not, but it's not like teenagers love this show. And I'm all about things that, like, 
young women like because I'm like, oh, no, like they get to watch shows that they want to watch. And I think that they want to watch Riverdale because so do I. So I always thought the CW was like kind of limp, but then I became a Jane the Virgin lover. And then I was like, wait, that's CW. If I've been sleeping on that, what kind of other great stuff is out there? Yeah. And so this is it. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Lots of people say good things about um, it. I like that show. Sometimes problematic, but overall, like, pretty goofy. Um, Have we seen the Sabrina remake? It's too scary. It's, it is scary. It <laughs> is scary. I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. Like, there's like, so it's in Greendale, which is right next to Riverdale. Uh-huh. This oh, is now wow. a Riverdale podcast. <laughs> We're going through a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting the keywords for you guys. You're welcome. Um, so... River, it's like Greendale is next to Riverdale, and okay. it's like a lot spookier they than make Riverdale. They a lot of references to, to Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, Riverdale. They, yeah, yeah. So far, they have. Have you watched all of it? I watched all of it. I liked it. Oh my god, I watched the first episode and a half before bed when I had like a cold. Not so a I, good idea. First episode and a half. Took a Nyquil. Went to sleep. Oh my god, the dreams. The <laughs> dreams. Very scary. It's very dark. It's. it's I was very like, oh, macabre. and so mm-hmm. like, yeah, Riverdale um, is sometimes scary, but it's mostly just like. Uh, what you like maybe okay i like kind of loved high school i was like a, I was my the snow week queen of my high school Ooh. i was like pretty popular which is like maybe something i should have <laughs> mentioned also in my matter of fact is that like i wasn't like i mean i was probably bullied and like people like for sure sent me like nasty messages but it was also like people like really liked me i had a lot of friends like i've always had a lot of friends we're like so similar yeah, that's, that's, like, not very yeah humble, but, like, no. i was a big deal in high school yeah. but like no things like you wouldn't have thought my life would have been fun then but it was really fun it was really fun. it got better of course yeah but, like high school was pretty cool yeah like some i would like i don't want to go back no never but i love like i was like i like loved like the romanticism of high school yes. and like everything mattered oh my god <gasps> it was so important and that's how I feel about Riverdale. <laughs> Everything matters. That is the best and way to I, sell it to yeah. me. Oh my god, I will, yeah, I will tune so in. Yeah, it's so stupid. And like, there's there's romances. Like sometimes I'm like, can you just not Hiram? Like you don't. And like the guy who plays Hiram is married to like Kelly Ripa, and I like really like Kelly Ripa, which is like a weird thing. I just want to admit it here in public. I was like, this is cute. They like do yoga together on their Instagram. Like it's so funny. And I follow Lily Reinhardt on Instagram, and she plays Betty Cooper. Okay. Um, and she is like super open about. She talks about how she's depressed all the time, and I'm like, good for you, sis. Like I that that's great. And so not that you're depressed, but that you're willing to <laughs> but talk, you can about, talk it. about it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think yeah, I just like. She's so cute. I just, I'm like, oh, you're cute. That's great. I love this show. What a weird show. So that is my number one recommendation. What a wreck. That's awesome. And then obviously Great British Bake Off I bring up to oh, make Kat le- feel left out. <laughs> 100% very left yeah, out. Um, I didn't think I would like this. I'm looking at Soraya only. Sorry, Kat. Um, I didn't think I would like the most recent season on Netflix. It's, but I like it. They get you. It gets you. Even Liam, they changed it Liam. up. I know. Liam. And I didn't think I was going to like Noel. I was like, who is this gothic guy? Oh, had you never seen him No, before? I didn't know. Oh, he's great. Yeah, no. And everyone was like, fan. of course you like him. He's like an adorable comedian. He's just a weirdo he's so, he's so weird good. he wears like tunics i want like his fashion and prue's fashion are where i'm at like, yes her chunky jewelry her chunky jewelry Please. and her like very long cardigans yes. i'm like That's... i mean yeah <laughs> so it's her as rain i'm wearing the longest <laughs> cardigan right now um and then i also love to cook so i watch salt fat acid heat me and everyone else <gasps> yes and so i yeah i like wept at the end of it when she makes the rice with her mom I what's it called to it yet. oh sorry spoiler um she makes rice <laughs> with okay. her mom she cries. <laughs> she, <We> cry. i <laughs> cried <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna cry like everyone cries like, whatever and then i was like Bleh. that's me crying not throwing up but like it was uh it was it's really good and i think like seeing like a fat woman eating and like talking to other women about deal. their cooking and just like how food gets made right like they go out and like they harvest salt from the ocean and i was like wow like i am guess i'm fascinated by this and i did not know that and so very cool um so I'm reading right now The Power, um, and I forgot who it's by, and I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be lighthearted and fun, but so, like, The Power is this book. It's a, it's fiction. Like, these girls, like, realize they can, like, electrocute people with their hands. Dang. And it, like, I'm like, cool, nice. But then, <laughs> like, the first few pages were, like, really dark. I was like, oh, this is terrifying. And so it's it's been it's been a good read so far, but it's, like, pretty popular. Like, recommend. It's okay. fun. Um, and then... I would say Don't Call Us Dead by Deneb Smith. He's a local poet, or they're a local poet, I should say. Um, and it's a book from Grey Wolf. And they just won, like, this big poetry prize. And I sound like oh. a dummy for not being able to, like, tell you what the poetry prize is. Mm-hmm. But excellent book of poetry. Um, and then I would be remiss to not mention New Poets of Native Nations, um, which is edited by a local poet and my mentor and my friend, Heiderdrich. Um <gasps> 
and I love, love, love it. It's an anthology of uh, Native poets, and it's been, like, the first one since, like, the 80s. Um, It's put up by Grey Wolf, which is local, Mm -hmm. also a nonprofit. Um, Yeah, I... Oh, man, it's so good. You love that. <laughs> Soraya's smiling. I'm looking. very excited. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So those are my reading recommendations. And I'm also just was gifted by my friend Amber. You have the right to remain fat. Yay. So by Virgie. Virgie. So um, I one time, so I lived in San Francisco for a while. I introduced, I think, maybe Amber to Virgie, but maybe Amber like found it and we lived together and like we were like, this is great. You know, like there's a fat lady talking about fat stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. The Internet. Um and so one time I was living in San Francisco and I like was walking to the train and out from like the train station, Virgie took her WhatsApp and I was like, oh my God, she was on her phone. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, what? Yeah. I was like, uh. <laughs> and so like, she was like kind of turning in a circle. And so I like kind of like followed her around <laughs> so I could be like, hi. I don't know what I was trying to do. Like, I was like, can we, I don't know. And so I like, finally she like made eye contact with me and I was like, hi but like mouthed it yeah. and she was like just was like hey you know like smiled and was like got you you know and I just like went on my way and so we never like, it was like a moment I was like wow the world is so big and small <laughs> like it was mm-hmm. like a city moment in my opinion so it like made me feel at home in San Francisco in a lot of ways That's very cool. which was really cool and then um I've been listening to their new Robin album mm-hmm. um and a little bit softer for Robin. And I, like, say that knowing that, like, I don't really know that much about Robin. And I just like her hits. But also, I really like this album. Mm-hmm. You should follow probably my friend Justin. I think it's, like, at JustLevy2 or something on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he's really going to have the music recommendations for you. But I also listened all day to Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Yes. And I'm not like an Ariana Grande stan, as, as the children say on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the youth say. But I <laughs> really like this song. It was Claps. cute. Yeah, it it's does. Great. It's like one of her, I think she needs a new producer. Ariana, if you're listening, get a new producer. <laughs> so <laughs> Y'all both referenced that earlier. I haven't heard it yet, I don't think. It just it's came just out. Like, yeah, it came out today. Um, mm-hmm. And it, she released it like 30 minutes before SNL aired last night. Oh. Yeah. But not. it's not mean. She's like... Thank you, comma, next. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's cool. That's what the song is about. Like, ex, exes. Uh-huh. Good for her. Yeah, and learning and going forward and making it productive. Like, yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Those cool. are my media recommendations and this podcast. Oh, thank Aww. you. Thanks for throwing <laughs> that in there. Yeah. Oh. Listen to this. You're listening right now. Uh, how can our listeners find out about you? And tell us about, I want to know the story about your Instagram. So your Instagram is yes. Andrea Waves, and you're waving in most of your photos. Somewhere. Where did that come from? How, tell us everything. Okay. So I live in San Francisco. Um, and I think at the time, like I was like probably like making fun of one of my roommates who went to work <laughs> dressed up and like took a picture of herself in the bathroom mirror. And so I was like cleaning at my job. I was working at a housing site, as mentioned. I had to like clean a closet on like like my first day and I found this like lion costume. Mm-hmm. So if you scroll back far enough, which is do not do that. <laughs> do something else. Um, I'm like wearing this weird lion costume and I'm waving in the bathroom mirror. And so then it like became like a joke. But like as a way to like joke with my friends, I think in Minnesota, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, like I'm okay still, or like, hey, I have a cold, or I'm waving in the studio, you can't see me. Um, or like I'm wearing like a rain jacket, or like now I'm at the Golden Gate Bridge. And then I was like, oh, this is like kind of a way of like being fat, but also kind of like goofy out mm-hmm. in the world. And so that's what I was like, I'm gonna just like wave in the photos like that are in a space that like maybe a fat body wouldn't usually be, mm-hmm. or one that I'm like, you should pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Like my fat body is here or like I'm here and I'm fat and you should pay attention. Right. So yeah, that's like kind of like the Andrea waves like idea. The motto is just like waving from where I'm fat. And it used to say that on my bio, but I think I changed it recently. So, and sometimes you have guest waivers. Those are my thin friends (laughs) (laughs) or my Brett. (laughs) Yeah. You had me wave with you one time. Yes. I should take a, well, we'll have to take a group photo either way. If you want us to be waving. I 100%. This is like a moment. It's my dream to just talk about myself randomly. So, (laughs) but yeah, that's where the, the story was born. That's awesome. So you're Andrea Waves on Instagram. I'm Andrea Waves on Twitter. Oh, and on Twitter as well. Yeah, I is, wanted to make it easy to find. Easy. Is <laughs> yeah. there anything else that people, like if people wanted to find you, is there any other thing you want to pub or talk about or direct us to? Um, Follow um, Radical Health Alliance on Twitter and on, I think on Twitter. Oh, sorry, Annie. Uh, but for sure find on Instagram. It. We'll link it out. Thank sure. you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Link to Annie. Um, and then 
Oh my God. Follow my friend Melina on Twitter. She's so funny. What's <laughs> and her she's handle? a great ally. At Munster Mash, like Munster Cheese. Oh, yeah. Okay. And her name is Toots because I <laughs> call her Toots. And so she, that's what she made her name. Um, but her uh, Twitter is so funny. And she's always like, why doesn't anyone follow me when she'll be so mad I'm saying any of this? She's like so private and shy. She's like, why would you ever do this to me? Um, but she makes me, like, she cracks me up. So when you ask me, like, how are you doing the work? I'm like, oh, my friend Melena makes me laugh all the time. So, but yeah, I'm not like, um, I'm working on revisions for my stuff, but. Um, one day I will tweet about, oh, I like published a story, hopefully. <laughs> so, we'll retweet it. Yeah. And your Twitter that. actually is really fun. You tweet some good stuff. Yeah. My Twitter is like mostly retweets. And then sometimes recently I've been tweeting like, uh, like little feelings poems <laughs> about like the world. I'm like sad. And so I will be like, I see like, it's just like random things. If anyone else was doing it, I'd be like, what is that girl doing? But <laughs> like I'm doing it. And I'm like, I'm so creative. <laughs> So. We can commiserate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be like, oh, a burning fire, a windy day. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and Brett will read him. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. Why? <laughs> what are you talking about? So that to me is like that weird artist like trying to come out, right? Like I'm a weirdo, so I'm just being weird on the internet. It's perfect. Yeah. That's where most weird. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what most of us are doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to spread the weird. Cool. Andrea, thank you for telling your story as, as a, a matter, matter of fact. fact. Ooh, whoopee! Someone else who loves the Great British Bake Off. You're so wrong on so many <laughs> levels, but join us, Kat. I think you're missing out on a world of joy and collaboration and sweet treats. It's honestly a balm for the vicious realities of 2018, just like our chat with Andrea. Oh, mm-hmm. well, maybe I will watch it actually during our break between seasons. Although I'm not gonna lie, um, if I'm gonna start something, it's gonna be Riverdale. This was a great recommendation. You know, I also didn't know that Andrea had this amazing thesis that she's working and expanding on. And I'm really excited to see what comes out of it and how it evolves. Yeah, me too. I'm here for it. I'm about it. Also here for Dirt Dirt and Discourse. Discourse. It's time for Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. We're just so excited to gab about some of our favorite things this episode. Okay, current fave number one. Dumplin'. That's right, Julie Murphy's young adult book is being turned into a film by none other than Netflix. Okay, continued side-eye. That does not make up for the insatiable nonsense. Uh, The book is fantastic. So this is really, we think it really has the potential to be something great. Yeah, I was in a bit of a book slump a couple of months ago and heard some buzz about the movie. So I read a quick intro and was really intrigued. I was curious to see how I engaged with the main character, Dumplin', um, because I don't have a lot in common with her. Mm -hmm. She is white Texas, or she's a white Texas teen living in a small town that's known for pageantry. And that's just not not your life. That's not my lifestyle, surprisingly. (laughs) Um, But that's kind of silly because I've always consumed tons of literature and media with people that don't look or act like me because how many half Indian, half white, fat Midwestern millennials are gracing the covers of <laughs> bestsellers? I don't know. Maybe I haven't been to Barnes & Noble recently. Maybe that's changed. <laughs> also, I'm just becoming more and more picky about what and how I consume things. So I was a little on, on the fence about it. But let me tell you, I absolutely loved Dumplin'. Yes. I loved the voice Julie Murphy gave her. It's confident and brash and conflicted and sweet and just a beautifully complex character that resonated so deeply. So, oh my goodness, it was great. It was a great read and reminded me also how much I love Dolly Parton. You love Dolly? Yeah, Loki. I mean, she is like a feminist icon. She's amazing, but I didn't realize how much I loved her until I got to read about it and hear it, like follow this person's life and story. It was really cool. That's awesome. Dumplin' might have been the first book I read where I, like, really identified with the protagonist insofar as, like, them being fat and not thinking that's a problem just because that is so rare in all media of all kinds. Mm -hmm. I also lived in Texas for a bit, so I can't help but love some of the references to Texas life that are part of um, the the book. And then, I mean, I hope the movie as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So Kat showed me the trailer for Mm -hmm. this. I had heard about it, but I hadn't seen the trailer. And... I mean, after talking a bit, we are a little worried because when are we not? In when the I was like, when discourse. are we? Yeah. yeah, right. This would be so in- disingenuous if that wasn't the case. So um, Kat brought up a really good question about the trailer being a bit focused on Jennifer Aniston, yeah. who plays Dumplin's mom. And, you know, this kind of makes sense because they're trying to get a lot of play with this. Jennifer Aniston is definitely the biggest name in the movie. Um, it's just weird the ratio of how much space she takes up in the trailer as compared to the book yeah hopefully it's just advertising but that's definitely something like we're thinking about Mm -hmm. 
Also, while it's Julie Murphy's work, it is being produced and directed by people who aren't fat. And based on the trailer, it doesn't look like there's a lot of characters or cast members who are people of color. Yeah, about that. So there are at least two highlighted POC or people of color in the book. And based on the trailer, some adjustments have been made. So there's a beautiful Asian drag queen in the book who's now seemingly represented by a beautiful black queen, which... Um, I'm here for representation. So it always begs the question, like, why are adjustments being made Mm -hmm. and what's being shifted around and what's the outcome of that? So I'm a little worried about it shifting from, you know, an Asian person to a black person because I don't want them to end up being the wise and beleaguered black person pointing the way for a young white woman. Right. Like, we're really comfortable with that trope. And so I could see that easily being slotted in there. Mm. Um, And I know that gorgeous Asian queens exist out there. Like, let's bring them in. Let's yeah. have that yeah. representation happen, too. Also, jury's out on potential whitewashing for Hannah Perez's character. Eek! Yes! Yeah, that is um, one of Dumplin's friends and compatriots in the mm-hmm. pageantry. And so I'm loving the book, and I'm hoping to love the movie. So more to come once it comes out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fave number two this week also comes from Netflix. Again, still not atoning them for this insatiable I stuff. I thought you were never going to watch again, but here we okay, are. Okay, I watch Netflix literally every night yeah. as I fall asleep, and I also have some issues, as we've discussed. But this is a good one. Yes, yeah, so we are both obsessed with Hassan Minaj's The Patriot Act. I first heard about him, um, like, was it last year? I guess two years ago with the release of Homecoming King, his Netflix special. If you haven't seen it, you need to. Yeah, his comedy special is amazing. I'm a sucker for Desi Dudes in popular media. So I've been following him since he started on The Daily Show and absolutely loved his speech at the 2017 White House Correspondents' Dinner. Isn't, I hadn't watched it, and Saria had me watch it the other day. It is sensational. Mm-hmm. It's so It's so good. He's just calling everybody out. It's, it's wild how dated it already feels. Yeah. Like, granted, it's almost two years old now because it was in January of 2017. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I mean, that sort of feels a little dirt and discoursey, too, doesn't it? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh. For sure. Um, if you haven't seen it, Asan clearly draws, draws like a line that he's fine roasting anybody, anybody who's yep. out of line. Yep. But he has such a good voice and authority with his identity that it makes it really engaging. So good. And compelling. So that's the same case with Patriot Act. That's the name of the show that Kat already said. But it's a weekly setup, which is kind of jarring because I'm so used to binging everything. Right. And now I'm like, I got to see my show. I got to wait for <laughs> Sunday. When is <laughs> no, it coming on? No. Um, so he and the Patriot Act uh, are blowing up facts on Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Amazon's plan to lose money and gain a wider grasp on any and all of your shopping needs, mm. current threats to affirmative action, and the U.S.'s unreasonable oil production. Like, all things that I think about, I'm like, oh, yeah, probably bad. But he breaks it down in such an accessible, easily graspable way that's funny and alarming at the same time. Um, it's entertaining and informative. It reminds me a little bit about Wyatt Senex problem areas on HBO. I never heard of that till you mentioned it. It's so good. Another fave, a secret fave for today. But um, instead of, like, his vibes this is very espn meets daily show vibe oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the intro music is baller oh, it's so good mm-hmm. finally fave number three is the love and hate well or like her response to the hate <laughs> that lizzo has been getting for her flute playing skills so she's been playing flute and twerking pretty consistently at concerts and on the gram for the last several months maybe even longer um it seems like just recently though folks have been starting to pay attention tina fey even shouted her out for this the other day mm-hmm. but apparently some people have questioned her flautist training and abilities come on she recently clapped back we'll post a video <laughs> i honestly can't describe it but <laughs> so like good. she got really well known for like playing the flute and then doing the shoot and if you don't know what that dance is i mean this is a audio medium so you're not going to see it from us but uh we're also going to cite our first episode where we distinctly lauded her flute skills mm-hmm. we mm. have not been sleeping on this no no no, no. we're here for it <laughs> uh yeah so these are three things that we are loving lately i mean these plus andrea's recommendations i think we're really setting y'all up for some good like winter hibernating success over here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it, our seventh episode. Yes, it was great to catch up with each other and share more about our upcoming event in The Fat Dish, hear from the creative and witty Andrea Sano, and chat about three of our current favorite things in Dirt and Discourse. Have we told you that we love to hear from you? 
You can email us, send us a voice memo, or slide into our DMs anytime. That's like so forward for me. I can't even. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I wrote that. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's true though. It works for us. And this week we got an email from Annie with a correction. You may recall Andrea mentioning her work um, with Annie's Radical Health Alliance earlier in the episode. It's the same Annie. Yeah. So last episode when we talked about health at every size, I erroneously shared that Linda Bacon came up with a concept, and that's not quite true. Right. As Annie shared with us, the groundwork for Hayes started decades before Dr. Bacon's work, and Annie has also shared a history of Hayes with part one, which we're linking out in the show notes. So Good thank you. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the info, Annie, and thank you for listening. Also, thanks to Allison and Design and Create, who built our beautiful logo. And Kyle Worstein for composing and creating our theme music. Catch us in two weeks on another episode of Matter, Matter of Fat. Fat, or next week at our event. See you there! Matter of fact.